0: This will probably be more in the style of a homily, okay, in terms of length. Um, but that's really just because what we felt um, this is Pentecost, and we, what, what we felt we, what the Lord wanted to do was just to give us a an extended time where we can pray. Right, we can just let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and be in charge. Um, so I'm going to... I'm going to speak for a couple of minutes, and then, and then Matt's going to lead us in some ministry. But today, obviously, is the day of Pentecost. Um, and so the scriptures, well, they're going to be pretty obvious, okay? Um, I'm going to read us three passages, and then just say a few words. So um, if you want to follow uh, with me, turn to Acts 1. Actually, I might read four passages. We'll see. We're going to jump through Acts a little bit, and then we'll go back to John. So Acts 1, starting at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them to to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So turn over to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, look. Are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said they were full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants, men maid servants, and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We have this incredible gift of the Spirit that is given. Before we go back to John, I just want to read Acts 4, just a short section there to remind, remind us of one particular truth here. Chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse uh, Verse 23. So Peter and John have just been um, arrested and, and, and interrogated, and they're released. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Never forget that once you're filled with the Spirit once, Scripture gives you permission to be filled again. All right, it's right there in Acts. All right, so then just a brief verse from John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. That's um, such incredible scripture, isn't it? Um, and, you know, about a thousand sermons are possible. <laughs> um, but, I, but I did feel that the Lord wanted me to keep it really simple tonight and not sort of come with a pre planned five pages of notes, but just to. Just to share what I really believe he's placed in my heart and what I believe he's been speaking over this body for the last, yeah, last 9, 10, 11 months. Most of you, I know we've got some visitors, but most of you have, have been here in person or on, on live stream and, and we've talked about the living water of God, which Jesus talks about in John 4 and John 7. And remember in John 7, when Jesus says that this living water will flow out of us, John says... Um, that he's talking about the Spirit. Yeah. But the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. We must never lose sight of the fact that before Jesus died and before Jesus rose again, there was no opportunity for the Spirit of God to fill us. Now, the Spirit moved over people in the Old Testament. The Spirit empowered people to do certain things. But the Spirit was not yet given until Jesus was glorified. That Jesus' death and his resurrection created this perfect union between man and God. That created a Spirit, the Spirit of God that was actually able and willing and ready to live inside us. Cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And I've talked recently, as we've, you know, we've talked about living waters and we've talked about abiding and we've talked about the Spirit and, and how he's often kind of add on and we, and we treat him as, as the kind of as, as the weird third part of the Trinity or we treat him as it you know do you ever think of the Holy Spirit as it it the Holy Ghost yeah. Jesus doesn't talk about it he talks about him he the person of the Holy Spirit and as we, we try and kind of get our get our minds in the right place as to think about the Holy Spirit maybe it's impossible maybe only our spirit can actually understand the Spirit But the same spirit that linked Jesus to the Father, the same spirit that Jesus says he obeys, that he knew what the Father was saying, he knew what the Father was doing, and he was obedient to the Father, it's that same spirit that he gives us. Not a weird, diluted human version. It is the same spirit. And that should blow our minds. That should blow our minds at what is possible with this incredible gift that he gives. And when we talk about Jesus' sacrifice, we talk about Jesus' death and his resurrection, that the whole purpose of that incredible sacrifice was that we would become sons and daughters of God. Which is incredible, isn't it? But, you know, remember a few, a few weeks ago, just uh, I mentioned briefly, there this, this was, this was one thing that Jesus wasn't able to do, that Jesus was always, with his disciples, always working from the outside, inside. Demonstrating, teaching, guiding, showing, amazing them, changing their worlds. But he wasn't able to change them from the inside, outwards. That needed the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go, does that scripture ever make you wonder why? You know, I think, okay, well, it makes sense, you know, because Jesus can only be in one place, only so many people can encounter him, so that's why he said that. You know, but if he goes, the Holy Spirit can come all over the world, and that's good for us. And I don't think that's just what he meant. I think Jesus knew that the only way that we were truly going to be transformed was by His Spirit entering us, transforming us to become like Him. And so if we can't stop thinking about the Spirit as this kind of weird uncle or relative that we're kind of not sure what to do with, and actually start to see Him as absolutely central to Jesus, to Jesus' own walk, to Jesus' plan, to Jesus' plan for us. If we can't start to do that, then I think we're missing the whole point of the gospel. The whole point of the gospel wasn't that just that we would be saved and one day get to go to heaven. It was that the kingdom of God would start to live inside us and we would start to spread it and to glorify Jesus and to glorify the Father. And so a few weeks ago, we, um, we as, a, as a body, we we repented. Of, of ways that we've you know we've sidelined the spirit or feared the spirit, um, and that was awesome. And I think that just kind of prepared us for really the purpose of what I felt God wanting to say tonight to us as a body. Okay, and, I, and I keep saying body a little bit like Matt said. We really felt that the people God wanted to be here would be here, um, and just a kind of a, a kind. Word to the house. I really believe this summer that God's going to be asking us to eat a lot of meat. um, And I'm excited for that. If we think of the Spirit given to us like this, like this seed, now He doesn't plant it up here in our minds. He doesn't planted in our thoughts. The Spirit is planted in the very depths of our being. And from that place, He grows. And His purpose is to transform us into the likeness of Christ. It's to connect us to Jesus. And I wish I could say that we can think ourselves to be like Jesus. Um, I wish I could say we could feel our way to be like Jesus. But we can't. We We have to yield to the Spirit of God. We have to yield to Him. We have to honor Him as the Spirit of Jesus. And we have to cultivate time with Him. And his presence in our lives. Adina's leaving us this week, and she'll be back. One of the reasons I didn't pray was because I knew I wouldn't be able to not cry. Um, It was the first time I walked into Adina's house. You just, you know, I walked into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is just loved in that home and, and honored. And I know, I know we all love God. I know we, we, of course we love God. But the difference between saying I love God or thinking that I love God and actually acting with reverence and honor and yielding to Him. And a lot of what um, you know, we've been preaching about in terms of abiding over the last few months is, is, is getting off of this mindset of, of kind of religious activity and trying to work ourselves into God's favor but actually responding to God's love. That we are obedient to the love of God. We surrender to the love of Jesus. We don't kind of surrender and, and yield and hope for the best. We yield knowing that the promises of Jesus are already given to us. That if we yield, his spirit will be given. And so when I talk about yielding, I'm not talking about... Religious practice. In fact, some of us might have to yield religious practice. Okay. Bill, you teach in theology. I know there's a lot of theology that you've had to yield because it didn't reflect the truth of Christ. That there are theologians out there who don't believe the Holy Spirit still moves. There are theologians who don't believe that God still wants to heal people. That is a theological religious belief that needs to be yielded to Jesus. And some of us some of us have to yield our flesh. Um, And again, I'm not not saying this as as a religious activity that we have to be obedient in order to qualify. But we do need to be obedient to love and to respond to Jesus' call over us. And as reminded. As I was praying this morning, reminded of, of Jesus going to the temple of God and turning over the tables, how angry He was at those who, who were desecrating the temple of God. And then, Father, the Holy Spirit saying, "But yeah, don't you remember that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not think that Jesus is as fierce over you as the temple of His Spirit yeah. than He was over the temple in Jerusalem? And will I start to have that fierceness and that sort of jealousy for my own flesh?" that I don't want to distort the temple of the Spirit? And will I yield my flesh? Again, not just to be obedient, but to know Jesus more, to have more fellowship with him, because the Spirit will grow more and more in me as I do that. And there might still be some of us who need to yield fear. Is Amanda at the back with kids. Where's Amanda? hi Amanda. So Amanda can share this story more fully later but when Amanda was I think a sophomore I prayed her original design prayer and one of the words that I got over her was was the anointing that the Holy Spirit had on her Um, and she wasn't necessarily happy (laughs) with that word because it meant she might become a sort of Holy Spirit filled person that she didn't want to become and she had to yield that fear and just let God be God. Just let God be God. And so what I, what I want us to do tonight is, and Matt's going to help lead us here, is I want us to have a little bit of quiet, a little bit of time, just to yield. Right, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Is there anything particular that He's asking you to yield? And then after that, we just, we just want to ask him for more. Some of you before I forget as well, some of you may have been hurt by people being stupid in the church, with the regards to the Spirit. Some of you may have been disappointed. Maybe you've prayed this prayer 20 times, and you, and, and you felt rejected. That, 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 that pain and that sort of memory is real, I know that, but I want you to yield that tonight as well, if you will. Just yield. <laughs> yield whatever is getting between your heart and the heart of Christ. Because it's His heart to give us His Spirit. It's His promise to give us His Spirit if we will ask. It's His promise that the Father will give good gifts to His children if we ask for the Holy Spirit multiple scriptural promises. So whatever's happened in the past, yield that. And ask with an open heart for more. And some of you have been walking with him for a long time. I know there's things that he can still do with you and show you and places he can take you in the spirit. Some of you want to be reawakened. Some of you just want to meet him. And he knows all of our hearts. Before we ask, he knows. So let's pray.